What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian Bitches Done Under, a podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show via Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hey, all, this is Jessie. Hi,、uh, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. Helen, have you heard of Asian American Writers Workshop? Yes, I have. Yeah. But I'm not very familiar with it. Yeah, tell us about it. Okay, so they're an amazing、uh, non for profit organization.、Mm-hmm. Um, they're celebrating this year their 30th year of wow, existence. Wow, 30 years already. Why don't、I、we、know. have that in Australia? Jesus you know, Christ, I think about that、one. every day. Yeah, yeah, I think about that every day as a citizen of this country. But、um, it's a sweatshop, but it's not、yeah. really targeting to Asian, Asian people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the closer things.、Uh-huh. Sweatshop. That's true. I'm operating off west, out of Western Sydney, obviously,、um, with the ingenious Winnie Dunn being doing a lot of great work there. But the Asian American Workshop, I what the reason why I want to mention that is because I actually spent this morning, Friday morning, early、mm-hmm. morning,、um, doing a workshop with a poet called Trung Duc Tran, and the workshop I, I was. Surrounded, it was on Zoom,、mm-hmm. but I participated in a space with twelve other Asian women. They just happened to be women, but、nice. it's really the workshop. The organization runs workshops and publishes、um, books and events and runs events, basically promoting and helping create a network of Asian American writers.、Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate enough to be invited into the space, not being American but being Asian.、Um, and the workshop title was "Writing from a Place of Politics, Race." Craft and rage, and it was really, and I know I hate this word using it, but very powerful and empowering space、mm-hmm. to be. Three hours being around other Asian women and hearing their experiences of the, how they channel their anger into writing,、yes. and what the relationship they have with writing and anger, yeah,、uh-huh. and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I guess the 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 writer and the poet who was running the workshop, Trong Chiran, he was kind of like saying how so much of our art. Comes from a place of being sidelined、mm-hmm. from the moment we were born, right? Yeah. And like trying to fight against the erasure and the absence that、mm-hmm. we're forced, and the silencing、yes. that often happens to for marginalized people、mm-hmm. in a white Western world. And it was sensational. I I think out of the three hours,、uh, one thing that I really liked what Trong said was that the idea of craft is a very Anglo-Spherik white、um, pedagogy. You know, when we talk about craft, when we talk about people going to do MFAs, when we talk about academia, the whole space of academia in Western society、white. is very white. Like、yeah. everything is constructed through a white lens, and so like. I really liked what he's saying from the get go. He was like, "I'm. I don't want to talk about craft. This idea of craft in writing is very white centric, and I don't want. I'm not interested、yeah. in trying to make you guys write like a white person. Yeah, dominated. Yeah, by the lens through. You know, yeah, white people because of the power dominance and the." How the society is constructed in the Western nations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always been through the、that. white lens, <laughs> and I, I, I was so compelled 
and I felt very enlivened and strengthened by the capacity of articulation that a lot of the young women I shared that space with on Zoom this morning had encompassed. And I just thought, wow, this is what it means to be white. Oh, yeah. What it means to be white just must feel like to be seen. Because uh-huh. I've grown up in a world where I, like my, I feel like my whole life has been just a persistent push to try to be seen. And like yeah. he, the, the teacher, Trong, was like saying, try and not perform your otherness because that's what they want. They want you to perform trauma. They want you to perform how they see you. And like there's a lot of strength in trying to refuse that performance of otherness, mm-hmm. which is thrown on, uh, which is like really injected into us the moment we were born into a white society and we d- when we're not white, you know? Yeah. I think it's so, a, yeah. yeah. I think it's a, the difficulties that we need to overcome, and also it's a struggle for a lot of like people of color creators. I think that sometimes we want to create for the sake of being seen, but at the same time, we don't know how we can present it to become popular. Yeah, exactly. Because I see a lot of. Um, I don't want to criticize Asian creators, but there are creators that are out there that are creating certain contents that say for now, like social media platforms that are generally very close. They have close proximity to whiteness. Oh, yeah, totally. Do you know totally. there's a certain yeah. elements that they have of how they present themselves mm. that is seem very close to whiteness? Yeah, but whereas yeah. if you do something different, say like I don't know, criticize whiteness, and you get yeah, you know, sidelined, you get or sidelined. you just don't, even, yeah, you get silenced basically. Yeah, you get silenced as if you like you shouldn't perform. be questioning the authority yeah. of whiteness. <laughs> totally, totally, and like it's a very um, but you everyone comes to the floor with their own aesthetics, right? Mm. And I feel like it's like a constant battle for me trying to negotiate the absolute yearning to be seen while also the yearning to be seen and acknowledging that often when I am seen, I'm playing into these tropes made by white people, you know, Uh but then like trying to push against that and then wanting to be completely myself, but then consequently being rejected the moment I say, hey, this is me. Hey, this Mm -hmm. is what I want to write. And then they can't understand what I'm trying to do. And then they can't, and then they they refuse to see me, you know? It's, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's so complicated and so hard for creators, you know, following what they really want to do and be mm. seen because it's something new. It's very new for the overall society. I yeah. wouldn't say to be to accept, but to be seen. But at the same time, how are you going to navigate through that, the complicated intersectionality of yeah, you want to be authentic to yourself, but at the same time, you want to be seen. But then there's also exactly. a bigger, bigger power of authority that, like, you know, gatekeepers, there's, you yeah. know, powers in every industry that try to stop you or try to stop you, you know, having presented onto, the, you know, the bigger world. I know. It's, it's just such a, <clears throat> like, I feel very, I'm coming into a space where I'm trying, where I am feeling more comfortable in embracing that contradiction mm-hmm. and all those complexities. You know, mm-hmm. I feel grateful that I get to spend my life trying to work out these really messy, gooey, chunky mm-hmm. problems and yeah. like try and write them out onto the page, you know, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. 
And I, I'm really glad to sh- be even sharing this with you on this podcast. And this podcast is part of that extension of me trying to work out all those questions yes. with you yeah. and all, your, all our listeners out there, you know? Absolutely. Um, so from that complicated and very thick, <laughs> very thick and intense start, Helen, how was your week? From that very complicated yeah, situation to another very complicated situation. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to go to see a theatre play last weekend. And thanks to Jess, who kids said my kids, my kid, my my child. Yeah, the, that was the a lot of fun. Child. My partner yeah. and I oh, baby said because she doesn't yeah. like being called baby. So like oh, children right, said, okay. child said. Mind, or child minding. Child minding. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So it was uh, the play that we went to see was called White Pearl. Uh, it was a production that was played at Sydney Theatre Com- Theatre Company, and I don't know how to. Ellen, you have a lot of issues. <laughs> There's so much issues about this begin? play. I know. First of all, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs down. This, 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 is, this is a complication of what we just discussed just then. You know, yeah. we don't want to criticize on Asian content creators. Right. Okay. But yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, it just when there's something that we don't feel like, oh, it's not really our genre. It's not really the type of production that we like. And I feel like this is like the kind of production that has a lot of issues for me, you know, personally. So this is very subjective. You know, I know that there are a lot of reviews out there that might say that, yeah, it's a great scene. It's, we have an all Asian. Oh, the the writer is Asian. The writer is Thai. What about the reviews? The the reviewers are white people and also Mm. the director is white as well. So mm-hmm. I think that might be, I, I don't know how that plays out, but I do think that whoever's directing a play, a movie, does have a lot of direction and power over how the uh, the production is presented mm-hmm. through the lens of the director. This is kind of like my, my, feel, my feeling and my conclusion about this play. Before that I get into it, I'm just going to set out... Let the listeners know that what White Peril is about. So essentially, okay. it's a story about a fictional story. Sometimes I feel like it's not really fictional. Uh, mm, was yeah. written in the setting of a Singaporean cosmetic company. They were de- dealing with it like a PR crisis um, because they approved one of the staff approved an ad that was played in China that is considered very racist. Uh, if for mm. anyone who can remember, I think a couple of years ago, a Chinese company, a laundry detergent company, had a similar incident where they had an ad mm. um, putting a black person into the washing machine with yeah, yeah, yeah. laundry detergent. And then once the cycle is finished, a white person jumps out. Oh. So it was... I can't even. I they can't, they could. Just, they thought it was. They thought it was funny. Okay, oh but it God. is ra- quite racist. Uh, if oh, you don't see I the don't nuance know, around yeah. it, oh, I don't know how that was approved. But apparently, in China, it was considered okay because we know that still a lot of Asians are very racist. I yes. think this is what yes. this play White Pearl is trying to get to. Right. However, there's a lot of shock factors, mm. very explicit racism displayed by a- Asian characters because the whole crew, the, the, the characters are all Asian. You, you see that there's a, there's a Korean chemistry consultant, the boss is uh, British Indian, 
there's another, I don't know what her position is, but she's a Singaporean Chinese and there's a office manager who is a Japanese, with a Japanese background. Mm-hmm. And then I guess a, a PR personality who is a Thai American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't really know whether or not the writer has something against all different Asians. Like also mm-hmm. it portrays that Asian are not the single group but it really mm. exemplify individual Asian characteristics. For example, I feel like the a- accents mm. did really amplify to the point it sounds like it's mocking each Asians. Yeah, right. And there's a display of the obedient Japanese characters. Mm. I feel like I'm not speaking for all the Japanese diasporas out there, but I feel like it's like a display of this submissive, obedient Japanese girl in the office, you know, always bows, mm. always been polite yeah. to, to their yeah. colleague and always been polite to the others. And also there's a Chinese character that cries every time that she's mm. upset. And it's like, I'm not saying that showing vulnerability is not a good thing, but it's got to the point that it was really repetitive. Mm. You, you, when you came out of the when you came out of the theater, you told me that you wanted to like even walk out at one point because they just made that crying Chinese character so excessive in her. Yeah, crying it was that it got to the point of yeah. Like yeah, it was just so it was so just unbearable. I mean, I'm mm. speaking from a perspective of a mom who went through two kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was just so too much for me, and also the Singaporean character who's try to inspired to present herself more of a westernized person and uses like american vernaculars in her speech which later been teased by another character saying that oh you've never been outside of singapore you know why do you put up that accent mm-hmm. and i just feel like the whole play i was watching was like about the asian female characters belittling each other you know yeah. being racist towards each other even though mm-hmm. that they leaked out a viral racist ad and they're finger pointing each other. I just don't understand. I don't really think nowadays there will be anyone use N word, even in Asian community, even mm. at your workplace. In uh, workplace scenarios, they just casually throw out this N word and think, oh, no, it's nothing. You know, we use yeah. this word. It's almost like saying that it's because the audience are majority white. Oh, yeah, it's STC. Almost like saying that, oh, this is what a lot of Asians do in their yeah. office, in Asia, in Asian yeah. office. Yeah. And there's a lot of repetitive dialogues and toxic aggressions between each every characters. And also there's also misogyny in, in this play. There was this French male character who uses his advantage to manipulate women as well. You know? mm, and mm. This, there's this part that I honestly dislike. I know that yeah. it might be representing the reality, but I don't know why that the writer incorporated this scenario yeah. in the what happened uh, um, in a play. So this French character, he's the one who leaked out the viral video, mm. and they were trying to salvage how to you know save the reputation of the company, mm. and apparently the Thai American woman's character is her his ex right right and then she was saying that oh i found out that you're the one who leaked the video so can we bargain 
to get you to take down that video.、Mm. And even though that she's so rich, this is what I hate the most: is that、um, during the bargaining, she said that, "What about if I give you a blowjob? Can、mm. you take down the video?"、Mm. Um, what I hate it is that it kind of perpetuates the idea that Asian woman uses sex as a trade-off. <sighs> Like、even though that the character in the play is so rich, she can just pay him off, you know. But、yeah. they have to put a sex、oh. scene for her to. It's almost like oh, I have to create this shock factor. An Asian woman give gives a blowjob to a white dude. Yeah, it, it creates like an amplify as a humongous shock factor throughout、mm. the whole play,、mm. and that's. I, I'm not saying that. You know, we don't have the liberty to present represent ourselves as a sex symbol, but it、yeah. just perpetuates that kind of stereotypical、yeah. oh, totally. submissiveness of Asian woman. Yeah, yeah. Asian woman sexualized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know that it presents the reality of corporate world, especially for the cosmetic industry. You know, the,、mm. there's a lot of negative energy, and there's no reconciliation <sighs> whatsoever at this end of the play. Like、no. by the end of the play, it's really exhausting for me. If the play was played in an Asian country for an Asian audience,、mm. it might be a little bit more appropriate because the Asians can reflect themselves to the complexity about jokes and racism.、Mm. You know, the a lot of constraint ideas about、um, beauty and whiteness.、Um, But I don't think it's appropriate for the white audience. It's almost like giving the white audiences a chance to laugh at how Asians yeah,、exactly. stereotype,、uh, like、yeah. the Asian stereotypical traits and how Asians are racist as, as fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. And how Asians are aspire to the proximity of whiteness. So <sighs> it's this just sounds like the most awful thing, honestly. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an enjoyable play for me. Even with、oh. my, even with my, my husband, he said that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel really uncomfortable sitting through the play. And I looked up some reviews, and there was something that quite interesting. There's this、yeah. white male reviewer.、Oh. Um, I don't care what they think, but yeah, I don't. I don't care what they think, but I think he had a point when he was writing this. He said that. I must take a moment, even though that I'm as a white、uh, male reviewer. I know that he needs to put his language,、yeah. not to the point that he might sound racist, but yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. got a point. He says that taking a moment to acknowledge that there is a very high chance that many of the cultural insights and many of the satires went over my head. However, it remind it remains. Confronting to set through increasingly vile racist remarks that lead to minimal consequences. Yeah,、mm. so there's no consequences at the end.、Um, the play ends with all the characters pointing each other,、uh, making racist remarks to、mm. each other. You know the、mm. the usual racist remarks that you make towards individual. Asians, so I don't know how that supposed to be enlightenment or supposed to be experimental, but it was, yeah, very、oh. strange. Oh, that is like everything you've just said in the last ten minutes, just screams of problematic、mm. um, to me. And I think I have a lot of things to say. First of all, that I'm really disappointed that you had to sit through this because they had Helen, an opportunity you... to do something good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because Helen, you see, like. I think the last time Helen went to see a play was like maybe twenty five years ago, and so like it's <laughs>、no. so rare for Helen. No, we went yeah, to see yeah maybe forty years ago. No, fact 
Uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, a month ago. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, um, it's so rare for Helen to go and see a great, like, theatre production. And it is great. It's STC, you know. They have a lot of money backed. And and so disappointing that this this is, like, it's, like, years since you've seen an STC play and this is the one you first see after years and then it's, like, so, it's so um, problematic and mm-hmm. it doesn't help... And it's so not conducive to making the world a better place. And mm-hmm. I have to say, everything you're saying just makes me think, like, I just keep thinking, um, the only Asians that, like, the people in the audience, these white people, they probably don't have one single Asian friend. And so they go and see this play and they're like, oh, this is what Asians are like. Mm. You know, it's like, it's so, um, it just, I, I just, I hate that this has happened. It makes me very, um, very angry that um, it's just another way for white supremacy to occur, you know, for white people to sit in the audience and be told this specific and belittling and dehumanising narrative of Asian women. Yeah. You know? It's so sick. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. Uh Uh-huh. It's almost like um, they're putting a show with... They don't even have to have characters that are Asian to play out this kind of story. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like yellow face. Yeah, like, exactly, um, exactly. How this kind of story will happen in a white corporate yeah, office yeah. as well. Yeah. But because, you know, the writer is Thai Australian, it's probably um, their experience mm. when they were living in Singapore. I don't know. Right, because right. when writers say that it's fiction, I always will consider, oh, how fiction. It's probably not. Yeah. It's, you know, you're writing from your experience. So And like what's so funny is that um on the on the website uh for the play under the tagline of the title it says hilarious, incisive and packed with razor sharp dialogue. I'm like it, it's hilarious because like um I don't I don't see are, the jokes just, there. Yeah, I, I honestly just, don't see it's, anything. It's such a white game. It, it, it might be there, there might be a little bit of tiny um, humor throughout the whole play, but I don't think there's a lot of jokes around. I don't think it's it's right to laugh at yeah. racist remarks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think well, it's yeah, overall, but, 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 it's but the, the thing, shock that's, factor. That's the thing. That's the that's the reason. Like, I mean, this whole production is such a demonstration of just how oblivious STC is to its own whiteness. Like, even the description mm. it has, like, hilarious, incisive impact with razor-sharp dialogue. Like, how unaware they must be to, like, use those descriptions to describe um, humour that is racist, you know, mm. racist humour in that way. That just shows me how freaking oblivious they are to their own racism. Don't you think? Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. I don't have anything against the actors, actress, or, you know. It's just a yeah, storyline. Yeah. It just feels... Not right. Did it? I didn't set right with me. Like I always, yeah. or like I almost felt like thinking when I finished the play, I immediately looked up of who directed this play. Yeah, and I yeah, found yeah. out it's a white woman. Yeah, and I do wonder whether or not they had a drama tag, drama tag, dramaturg, dramaturg. Sorry, yeah, yeah dramaturg, yeah. where they, you know, explores and the culture nuances of yeah, individual. Exactly scenes and individual aspects of how this play could reflect on who is watching. I don't really yeah, think exactly, that they probably exactly. did that. That's why yeah. 
I just, I just, yeah, it just, it was really messy for me. <laughs> it was so, so are you chaotic. saying, are you saying that in the play, the N word is actually used? Oh, they used the word with one G. The one with the double G, uh, they were all almost going to blurt it out. The, the yeah. character was almost going to say it, but yeah. she acts like so innocently saying that oh, as if me. that word is like, yeah. can you can throw it around yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, casually that's at so the gross. public place, but the other yeah. the other characters stopped her. So yeah, yeah. as if it, it makes it look like that Korean character is stupid. Stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then like, white people can laugh at that because I don't white know people... why is that funny? Yeah, because why and and also white people can market this as hilarious because they have most people who go to SCC are like you know eastern suburbs old folks who mm. went to private schools and who have never. Never and will never understand the history of that word. Will never understand mm. the weight of trauma for those people affected by you know everything that that word is associated with. And that's just why it makes me angry. It makes me so angry. Yeah, it's so exhausting. We should send this episode to STC. <laughs> so speechless. Like I don't have anything against the actors, the players, the writers. But yeah, 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 I, yeah. I do have a, I do have a question. Like to the writer is in. Okay, what's the purpose of having this? Yeah. Play, like why do you? She want wants to, to. Why do you want oh, yeah, to? Go on. Why, what's the intention of writing yeah, yeah, this yeah, exactly. play? Because, like in the past, we we interview you know theater players and mm, we mm. kind of review plays and movies and we always ask ourselves, what's the intention? Yeah. What exactly. What's the purpose of this work? What did you want to say? Yeah. What do you want to say? And how mm. does it affect the society overall? Yeah. Exactly. Because you don't want to have something that's just unproductive. You know, you don't want to have something that's, you, you're not really bringing out positive Anything. energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're not making the world a better place by like, by like um, changing the dehumanizing stereotypes of people of color. Yeah. It feels as though this play just. I mean, it's a storytelling, really... obviously, but there's no, there's nothing that's at the end of the work that mm, mm. you go home with something as if like yeah, yeah it's exactly. presented there yeah i know that's a yeah. reality of the world but yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you trying to how can you kind of make it a bit more rounder how exactly. can you make give a bit more positive energy out of it and new yeah give nuance provide nuance to exactly really yeah. like simplistic stereotypes that have been thrust upon us yeah um i i just think this play has been funded produced and backed by white people for white people, basically. <sighs> so um, that's why Helen and Helen, people like you and me, I mean, you've seen it. I, I'm just looking at the um, the show. It actually ends tomorrow, Saturday, um, yeah. and I, I was actually thinking about going to see it <laughs> because of what you've said. But there's only two seats left, two seats left tonight, okay. tonight's show, and, like, one tomorrow. So I think I'm going to have to miss it. But uh, I also probably don't want to support such a problematic production. And it's a just very strange because if, for company. me, we all want to celebrate Asian work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just this conflicted feeling about how this work is presented just didn't sit mm. right with me at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was a really long. <laughs> Contrast consumption. Um, really quickly, I want to say two things. Um, recommendations uh, on Netflix: Anatomy of a Scandal. 
everyone is talking about it. Oh, my God, everyone is talking about it, yes. Yeah, I don't know. uh, The stuff I've heard, uh, mostly people bagging it out, I don't know why because I think it's, like, one of the best things I've seen in so long. Uh Um, It's so good. I I just felt, I felt, it was only six episodes. Just watch it even just for Sienna Miller's style. I just, Uh I think Sienna Miller... (laughs) Is probably I know she's a white woman, but I just think um, Sienna Miller is probably the most iconic fashionista. Like she just knows how to dress. I love her style, the, and and the twist at the end is just excruciatingly, profoundly good. It's based on a book by Sarah Vaughan, and I can't wait to read it. Um, so that's showing on Netflix. And the other thing I want to say was um, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> we watched it last night. And it was Such a retro movie. So, Comforting. It's, it's one just, of the everything movie, from the 80s and 90s is so comforting. Yeah, it's one of the movies that plays almost like monthly at 8 p.m. Yeah. Right, yeah. We <laughs> were think, growing up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that, but I think I must have seen it as a kid. And uh, Rick Moranis is just, you know, classic Rick Moranis. Um, do you know the story of him? Like, Billy told me this the other day. Okay, um, yeah. So he actually was at the height of his fame and he had to take a step back and retire from acting because because his wife had suddenly died, oh, died from dear. cancer and uh-huh. he wanted to raise the kids. Okay. So that was the reason he stepped back from Hollywood, oh, which I just find that's so, like, it's so beautiful. It's so heartening, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, so those are my two recommendations this week, two great films. Um, Book-wise, I, I think I'll circle back next week and talk about that. Yeah. Um, but, okay. yeah. At, okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the best movie Helen and I have Ever. seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. And, of course, it is... Everything, everywhere, or at once. Or also known as E-E-A-A-O. <laughs> E-A-O. Yeah. Just for short. This is kind of called E-E-A-A-O. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back, and today we're going to talk about the best movie ever, the epic and highly stimulated entertainment experience that we both had the past yeah. week. Yeah, I, I love that, Helen. I love that you, the way you've said it because um, I have to say it really was not a film for me. It didn't feel like a film. Uh-huh. It was such an. It was actually an experience. Yes, that's what it felt like. It was an experience, and. Um, it was such an emotional experience. And yes. I thought, like, I remember after we watched it, I turned to my partner and I, and I said, um, fear, that, that movie felt like the whole essence of what a movie should do. Mm. It should feel like a whole body, whole life, historical, you know, just all-encompassing experience. And that's really what it felt like for me. Mm-hmm. So the movie we're talking about today is Everything, Everywhere, or at Once. All at Once. Which starring Michelle Yao and uh, coming back, Kui Hui Kwan. Is that how I pronounce uh, yeah, so, it? Yeah, so guys, if you, he's basically the little boy in Indiana Jones. Yeah, the, costume, the yeah. little boy. Yeah, the shot round, the shot. Yeah, I think that's the, his character so now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that movie was in 1984, and we're talking about like almost 40 years later. We're seeing yeah. it on super screen again. Um, the reason why is that I think that he went to the production side rather than the acting oh, side. Oh, are we going to go... I, I thought we were going to talk about the movie. Okay, let's talk about the movie talk. first. Okay, okay yeah. you start. Okay, yeah, and then we'll talk about him because his story is interesting, yeah. So um, we're going to assume all of y'all have watched it and I don't know one Asian who hasn't watched it. I literally have, like... <laughs> me- the moment I finished watching it, um, I, like, messaged on all my platforms, all my Asian friends, 
and all of them had seen it and all of them oh, had wow. amazing beautiful okay. things to say back to me uh-huh. it was just it's, it was almost like another turning red moment, you know. And, yes. You know, the moment we finished watching Turning Red, I extended my inquiries to all my Asian friends, and um, they all watched it, and we they all had, you know, opinions Everybody's about it. Everyone's talking about it. Finally, yeah. we're like, oh, this is what it feels like to be white. You just feel seen. <laughs> you just feel seen on the big screen, you know? Yeah. Um, so, speaking of Turning Red and also this movie... Uh, everything everywhere all at once. I think we're just going to use the acronym. It's so hard to say yeah. the whole name, the name of the movie so long. Yeah. E E A A O. We loved it. We'll just call it everything. Everything. We'll it okay, everything. let's call it yeah. everything. Um, so, whereas Turning Red is a movie about Asian diaspora's childhood and coming of age experience, I think Everything is a movie about how the Asian diaspora's middle age crisis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. playing a home, homage to like Asian. Uh, specifically Chinese immigrants family. Chinese, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't think it should stop there. No. Um, so where do you want to start? Well, I guess um, there's so many places to start. Mm. But um, I just want to say, like, so many reasons I love this film, but one of the main reasons is because Michelle Yao's character, she looks just like mum. Oh, okay. Like, I think mum's prettier, but I just think, like, the way she dressed... Everything was just like I saw my mum on the big screen. Okay, so which version? So which version good. of Evelyn did you oh, think? Oh right, right. The um, laundromat like lady. The, yeah, the laundromat lady. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is just the moment we finished watching it, I went on my phone and kind of scrolled through the reviews, uh-huh. and like I didn't read any of them, but I read the headlines, mm-hmm. and all of them had some sort of ecstatic um, description of it, like wild, amazing, like this is um whirlwind of a journey movie. Like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the reviews called it wild mm-hmm. and a lot of them called it crazy. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people called it crazy um, trying to describe it. And like I, I just thought um, I haven't written a review of it. Um, I don't know even how I could begin yeah, to process so all of, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. But if I did, I think what I would focus on, Helen, is just like purely for me, that movie was not wild. It was not psych- like psychologically mind-bending or anything. For me, it was just like a beautiful love story between mm-hmm. a mother and a daughter. That's all it was for yeah. me. That was really, at the end of the day, for me, that's what it was for me. Like a beautiful love story between a mother and a daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to begin. I think um, I want to firstly talk about the visual and special effect. This is something that mm-hmm. both of us don't really talk about because we're more concentrating on the plot. But I think yeah. it's very psychedelic. It's, there's a lot of flashing in and outs and like extraordinary settings. The setting has... Kind of like a vibe of the old Hong Kong movie styles, the one kind of ways, like poignant, melancholy, like despondent kind of sentiment. That's how I feel sometimes in the movie. Um, However, um, I don't know if we should go into the plot because it's just... Too complicated. It's very complicated because it's yeah, a, it's yeah. like a combination of a family drama movie combined with a sci-fi superhero superhero type of yeah, genre. Yeah. To me, it feel, it feels almost like a, a very collective healing process for Asian diasporas mm. about yeah. parenthood, intergenerational trauma, migration, the, the migration, the torment from moving from yeah. one country to another country from your own family, especially as yeah. a woman from the own yeah. family to establishing your own family and living in the system that you're not fully accept into. 
I feel like yeah. there's a lot of、uh, symbolic message that the writer or the director is trying to convey with the experience at the IRS, the tax office for us <laughs> in Australia. It's ATO. Oh my gosh! Yeah, ATO. And the villain in this movie is Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, know, who is、so、just like、good. brilliant, <laughs> so brilliant in this movie <laughs> as the baddie. And and basically, like like Helen said,、um, it's. It's、um, people call it crazy because、um, the movie goes through a lot of different、um, possible realities. Yes, in one of the potential realities, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yao, who are in real life like enemies, they're actually lovers,、mm-hmm. and it's like the sausage fingers. fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like so many people loved.、Um, yeah, it's I, I. Another thing I want to say that I loved was.、Um, Um, I loved the costumes in this, especially、mm. the costumes um, um, worn by the daughter for、uh, Joy, uh, uh, yeah, who yeah, Joy. is played by Stephanie Hsu. Yeah, who is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely she's gorgeous. Absolutely phenomenal.、Yeah. And、um, my, I think my favorite scene is the scene where it's it's the scene where、um, the Joy, the daughter, is like fighting a bunch of cops or security guards,、mm-hmm. and like every single second. Her character changes, like she's in a different costume. costumes. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. I I loved that scene. It was it was like ecstatic and amazing. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Like describing Stephanie Hsu's character, it's almost、yeah. it's so refreshing, but at the same time, it's very experimental because we never really seen. How do I put it? I think gay daughter. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, there is the the half of us. What what's that movie? Yeah, also、um, Saving Face as well yeah, from the nineties. Yeah,、2000s. but all those, all those、um, gay characters, the female lesbian characters, were still、mm. very uh, unsure about unsure, their sexuality. Yeah, unsure yeah, about. It, I mean,、them. yeah, Joy's Joy, the character in this movie, was still there. There is you know uncertainty about her life, but that is incorporated of. How her mother is not fully approve of what she is yeah, as a person. That's why she is like that. Yeah, and and in the movie, we should say also. Um, obviously, if you've seen it, she's got a girlfriend, and um, and the mother Michelle Yao um is kind of like hesitant to tell her father the granddad who is played grand, by yeah. James Hong. Yeah, yeah, classic.、So、brilliant. Always, just, he's always, and you know, Asian guy, they just get him. <laughs> always. Um, and um, yeah, like the, her needing to be、um, acknowledged as a lesbian, like、mm. for her to acknowledge her grand the granddaughter as the、uh, someone who's with a girlfriend. Yeah,、basically. yeah, yeah. I think what I found I really liked her character is that because she's an unconventional stereotype Asian woman's look. You know, she's fuller. She's not that yeah, conventional, know, skinny, tall. Yeah,、um, petite. Petite,、uh, with fox eyes. She's got a rounder face, and she's、yeah. really voracious about her her languages. She doesn't care、yeah. what other people thinks, except for you can tell that she's also very reserved. She knows the boundaries. It seems like she、yeah. knows the boundaries. You know, when the、yeah. the granddad is there, she knows the boundaries. Yeah, but yeah.、Um, it was just really, really good. And you know, the first.、Um, Scene where we see her face. The moment I saw her face, I'm like, "Yeah, oh my gosh, she looks exactly the same as our cousin." Oh <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, so similar. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, I thought the music was really good as well. Yes, 
Yeah. And so we should mention that this is um, the people who made this film. Are, they're called the Daniels. Daniels. Two Daniels. And I, Daniel I have never heard of them. Yeah, one of I've the Daniels is Daniel Kwan and the other one is yeah, Daniel um, something. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, the white guy. Didn't. And the other, um, yeah, the other movie they made was a Swiss Army Knife. Well, a Swiss Army Man, sorry. Was it the one with Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a unusual... Have you seen that movie? I only seen the trailer and it was oh, just yeah. a very weird movie, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, apparently they're known for their weirdness. But um, yeah, like it's it's uh, a lot of parallels have been drawn by this movie. Mm. A great tweet that Helen's been sending around is like this uh, tweet by this guy who said something like, Encanto, Turning Red everything everywhere they're all now movies where like um, about- parents apologize yeah. <laughs> to their kids and it's like and then he's like yeah dream on <laughs> that's never gonna happen yeah that's never gonna happen yeah, exactly. but this is what i say about you know i call it like a collective healing for us as we know that it will be a struggle for our parents to apologize but yeah. when we watch this kind of movie we kind of get the sense that our parents is apologizing through these films, you know, mm. and we're kind of overcoming all those generational traumas, and mm. especially that mm. we are seeing from the lens of the older, the previous generation, the, you know, the hard work they had to go through, leaving home, leaving their own country, going to a very strange environment. And also the part I really enjoy watching this is going to sound very strange, but I'm going to really praise how the writers portray the Asian men in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wayman, Wayman, the character. Why did you say, why do you say it's going to sound strange? Why did you? Pre- because I never really <laughs> praise the man. <laughs> it's oh, okay. also, yeah, no, right. it's always, because what we see typically in a lot of films is that the men are very muscular and they're very straightforward. The characters mm. we see are so powerful and... Um, just a lot of toxicity that are presented yeah, yeah. through the movies, you know, what we see in in the men. But in this movie, the Asian man that is presented, Hui Hui Kwan, really brought in different versions of Wei men in the movie, you know, yeah, the multiverse, yeah, yeah, which means that they have to play different versions of themselves. It's almost like acting different roles for multiple movies. Yeah. And I see a lot of gentleness from an Asian man that is really cleverly um, depicted throughout the movie yeah. and the desire from him that he wants to receive the, the love that he wants to receive from his yeah. wife yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna choke up but there was oh the yeah quote. I can't I can't hear I can't <laughs> I can't say that line without bursting into tears let so me, I'll let, let me let me have line. a look sorry I just have to pull it out because I remember vaguely how the quote that he said in in one of the multiverse that Multiv- yeah, they didn't end the up one. together yeah and she's a famous actor yeah she became and, famous and, and yeah there was one line when she said it was really funny she was like oh I saw my life with you and it was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah remember yeah so this scene was that where they didn't end up together she became famous in as a as an actress as a you know like a hong kong like superstar movie star in hong kong yeah yeah and they encountered each other at the premiere or something and they talked about what if they end up together what if she yeah Yeah. (laughs) he said i'm gonna cry now he said that i would Did you, 
<laughs> it's just something so, I can't so simple. It. I can't say it. But it just breaks your heart. I'm just going to take a moment. Okay, so the quote is, I would have loved doing laundry in Texas with you. <laughs> we are both in a mess. I know. Why Why is that so emotional? It, I don't get it either. Like, I, it, that, that line fucking rips me apart. It's like you're regretting something, but at the same time, I mean, in that world, in that universe, they were not unhappy, but I think they feel the regret of pursuing the life that they could have together. Yeah. Yeah, I remember telling Andrew, I was like, um, that, that line is like, that is like probably the best line ever about true love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, or like just like like real love, I guess. Like that's real love, I think. Yeah, it's not like I, I will I'm, die I'm, for you or I will yeah, make yeah. Nothing thousands dramatic. of money. It's you know, just, it's nothing dramatic. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just like the mundane. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I love that, and um, I am like, I've never been so certain in my life that I will never get married. Like I just am so not interested in getting. Well, like I'm just so not interested in having a wedding. But if I ever had a like in a multiverse, if I had a wedding, that would be the line I would use. Yeah, just like I just think so that simple. single line yeah. is so captures everything about I think what um what real love is. There's yeah. no fireworks. There's no no fireworks. No like fucking lust or anything. Like none of that's real. Like I think what is so emotional about this quote is that it feels very um for me it feels like it touches me in a way that like it just feels so um so real it's just a humanity yeah. in it i think yeah it's nothing yeah. you don't have to do anything big to show yeah, exactly. how much you love, love. someone exactly fucking exactly. laundry and text it. it's yeah. the essential the essence of your life yeah. and you have someone who tells you that i'm willing to do that with you for the rest of your life or yeah, something on a period of time it doesn't so, matter how long it's but just beautiful beautiful and yeah. romantic yeah for us and i it's real yeah yeah exactly and i love what you said about this character and like i feel like asian men are the future of this world in the sense that they show us a way like often i say this about like gay men i'm not saying asian men are more gay but like just like um men who are um, who allow themselves um without fear to be tender yes and i feel like this guy is very very filled with tenderness definitely and i love yeah. that it's so it's and that quote i think that's why we feel it so heavily because it's so tender yeah and and the fact that a guy said it you uh-huh know what I mean? yeah like a, the guy said it it's so beautiful uh-huh yeah because uh men are not allowed to be tender and gentle in this world yeah that's how the society constraints how they say you know something like this is a lot of people that mis misunderstood about how tenderness is vulnerability yeah. or it's weak yeah. or something like that. But I, I really love how this movie created the Wayman's um, Wayman's character because there was also a part how he described how he cope with stress. You know. Yeah. How- what did he say? Can you remind me? Um, I think he he said that he uses fun and positive ways to cope with the mundane human life. It does not mean yeah, that he's yeah. not stressed. Yeah, he exactly. He said that oh, he's, it's his that. strategy and mechanism to cope. You know, compare the usual portrayal of how man responds to crisis yeah. through violence, you know, through yeah, yeah, exactly. attacks. 
but yeah. he had this playfulness around yeah, him. Yeah, I loved his playfulness life. and his optimism. Yeah, and he's always like saying that, yeah, we'll be fine, we'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. He's always there to support Evelyn and you know how that, that's that's the googly eye element in the whole movie and oh i love that by the way i think it, it, very it has the, the kind of the significance of how a lot of mythologies a lot of stories i don't know in other cultures but i think in asian culture you know we have the third eye yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. in our um yeah. just the middle yeah, of like the yeah 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 the, the third eye in in our forehead yeah. It kind of opens up to see other worlds or the yeah. parallel universe. So I think there is a, a part of like a uh, symbolism in there. I think my favorite, most like the most emotional scene for me, like um, after I told this to Andrew after I watched it, the most emotional scene for me was the scene. You know the the alternate. Re- the, the alternate reality in the movie where they're both rocks and oh, it's just yeah. the daughter and mother. Uh-huh. I love that, by the way. Yeah. I, I did, I did, I did think, oh, how would the blind people be able to watch that scene? Because you had to read off the screen. Oh yeah. Um, but I love that. I love that scene because um, I love the the first time we encounter that scene because um, it's like this whole movie is like absolutely like crazy for like an hour and a half, yeah, and the then sound, suddenly you have like the, five the minutes scene, of quiet. Yeah. It was so like it was so well timed, but um, I think the most emotional scene for me was when in the at the end at some point um um when the whole black hole scene uh, um, the converges <laughs> yeah yeah and you see um you see they they sh- they they um change the scene they cut to um the the one rock the daughter rock falling and uh-huh. then the mother rock Follow falling her. after <laughs> it yeah that for me was very very emotional like <laughs> I swear they're gonna yeah. stop making this kind of movie for a little while. <laughs> Otherwise, our therapists are going to <laughs> be overbooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just yeah. Like like I said, it is just um. It was. It's just basically at the end of the day, a beautiful movie about a mother and a daughter yeah. and the love between those. Yeah. The moment I finished seeing it, I was just texting Helen and I was like, you should watch it, obviously, because, yeah, like, I, I just think, Helen, you would... I wonder how much more you felt because you're a mother and a daughter. Yes, like, I'm caught in like between. Me, I'm, I'm not yeah. a mother yet, yeah, but you're like, you you know both worlds. Yeah. So, like, and how hard is that? That Like, I wonder how much, yeah, how much more you felt because you're also a mother. Yeah, I think it's like a, um, there's a turn in Taiwan we call, like, sandwich generation we where we have our parents still alive and we have kids to look after as well and we're caught the in hardest, between the hardest how period, we can apparently. respond as a child of our parents and also a parent of our child it's yeah. very emotional for me to watch this because i can feel the impact f- from being a daughter as well as a parent yeah and how hard it is for individual that kind of position to overcome the struggles. Yeah. I think it, it is a very good film. Like I said, you know, I can't emphasize enough. It's like a collective heal, healing for a lot of Asian diasporas out there. And also yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think just generally Asians, because a lot of Asians will have similar experience of how it's very hard to communicate to your parents, and yeah. you you want to overcome that those kind of difficulties, but you don't know where to start because you always end up in the, an argument or a fight, and just goes yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about. Oh, actually, there's one thing that I want to yeah. mention is that the language, portr- the portrayal of the language was done. Oh, it was so great. Brilliantly. It, it is. Was so good. You know, last yeah. last episode we kind of we talk shit about how white productions can't do foreign language correctly. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that in this production, and because it's all Asian crew and i believe yeah. that in, throughout the lot of throughout this production there's a lot of asians involved as well yeah so yeah. they were done very well and because we all know that all the characters i hope they do speak fluent uh chinese uh, the mandarin and cantonese where we see that evelyn and her father conveys in cantonese i believe they might like the family might be from hong kong or somewhere around guangzhou yeah. so they spoke yeah, cantonese yeah, yeah. whereas evelyn and wayman they spoke mandarin i'm yeah. suspecting that the character wayman is more of a vietnamese chinese immigrant right right because yeah, yeah. and also the daughter looks vietnamese yeah the daughter's a bit more vietnamese as well but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's everyone's have a different um judgments on that but um i think yeah, there's yeah. also the asian american accent you know with a combination of english bits and pieces throughout their dialogues yeah. that's what yeah, i love yeah. it really feels like a safe place i think yeah. yeah it was so it was so amazing and like films like this one and then like turning red recently i just think like it's it's really i feel so hopeful i feel so like this like we talk about this helen and then like i just think i compare it to like i know it's different but i compare it to like stc's white pearl and i'm like you know it's just you can't even compare them because it's like i guess the point i'm making is that this is the kind of art i think that is useful and necessary in the world Mm. not the kind that pushes us into more narrow stereotypes yeah nothing about I, i feel as though and you actually I mean, see the backstory of why they become like that. The struggles. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, obstacles. Yeah, they're humanized, yeah, humanized. Yeah, exactly. They're humanized, yeah. Yeah. And this is the kind of art that changes the world. And I can't even begin to imagine how many thousands and millions, hopefully millions of people who watch this with an Asian face and feel seen, you know, yeah. have their lives, have their sense of self and the power that they feel that they have in this world enlarged in the way that, like um, it's such a normal thing for white people. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's what I what hope and I think this. I mean, it, this movie gave me a lot. It gave me a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in one of the interview that Michelle Yao had, she uh, specific. Oh, I, loved, oh, I loved watching her yeah, interviews. She specifically said that it is a, a a movie that is presenting a character that has been often been unseen by the yeah, overall exactly. society. And, exactly. The and, immigrant woman, and, you walk down the street yeah, and you see her. That's right, yeah. yeah. And an aging immigrant woman who exactly. is almost be considered as an invisible in the society. Yeah, but exactly. at the same time, they hold the whole family together. You know, how exactly. hard they exactly. work for the whole family and also for the oh. communities as well. I think they, yeah. they really show how she worked around the people who, the, the clientele around her laundromat, yeah. how she interacts with them. And yeah, yeah. 
how that is a hold up how how that the work is really holding up a community as well yeah yeah oh, i just have to say this is like the the thing i should have said at the very very beginning of our discussion um and i this is like the first thing that i mentioned mm-hmm. to andrew um from the very did you watch this by yourself or with someone i went to see it with sean yeah with my husband okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah oh did he cry uh i think he's tried to hide his face <laughs> I bought a towel with me. I bought a face towel because I know what's going to happen. I warned Helen. And also, did you wear a mask? Yeah, I wore a mask. mask. That just, that collected all my tears, (laughs) thank God. But um, I just have to say, even from the very first shot, do you remember that first shot where like the camera pans into the reflection in the mirror of the three of them singing karaoke? Yes. Do you remember that? And then in the corner, did you notice in the corner... There was that um, Chinese cough syrup that we grew up with. Oh, really? You know, that. You know, but you yeah, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, baby that, that. That was in the corner. Okay. And immediately, I was like, this actual <laughs> scene. That's all I needed. I didn't need the next two and a half hours, That's a honestly. fucking brilliant symbol for all the Chinese out there. You yeah, grew exactly, up with that exactly. cough syrup. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you don't know they're selling um, it. Your wallies are coals now. Oh, my God, really? So. Some, some wallies and coals selling. Oh, my God, wow, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the yeah, yeah I, I should have said that from the beginning. But yeah, totally this is what real art does. It makes you feel seen. It like it just yeah. I think it simply that. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a brilliant yeah. movie. I the, the, the last it, final yeah. thirty sec uh, sorry, the final thirty minutes I feel like I was gonna suffocate with constantly. The, yeah. With my mask. With your tears? Yeah. I know. Because Me too, I can't because I, 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 I don't crying. I don't wanna sniff sniffle so loud and like right right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i yeah. had to like pull my mask a bit a gap and then put my towels and wipe my Tissue. nose <laughs> um did you was there a was there a packed cinema around you like no, who, who it was, was in the audience uh of course uh all whites but i think it's a younger generation okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I'll say around thirty to fifty year olds, not a yeah. lot of older people, but um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't packed because you know where my like where I live, it's there's not. I, I don't feel like this is the kind of movie that will um, make a lot of people who live around my area want to go and see. But yeah, what about yeah. you? Was it where did you do you went to see the movie? We went to um, Randwick Ritz. Okay. Because I've never, I haven't been there but since. But Randwick is a, there's a lot of Asians around that. Yeah, area, yeah, it was it? pretty diverse. I don't, um, it was quite a packed cinema, um, but um, yeah, it just it, like you said at the very beginning of this conversation, it was an experience. It wasn't a movie. Yeah, it was a full body, like um, very altering experience for me. The, very, yeah. very, very. I remember there was one me. part that the sound was so loud, the whole cinema shock. I, I oh, don't know really? if you ever yeah. had that in your session, but mm. it was very loud and there's a lot of flashing special effects. Yeah, I, I don't know, like the words that we use to describe on this episode, it doesn't, it's not enough to describe this movie. Yeah. You just oh, had to go yeah, and yeah, see yeah. it. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's that's all I have. <laughs> that, I, think I've, I think I've said enough. I mean, I don't need to say more because I think... Um, that's I mean you can hear from your the listeners I think they can hear from all that crying that we've done just by talking about it you know like how much emotional impact it had for us yes honestly honestly. yeah I think it impacted me much more than turning red 
I think so much, too. Much more. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I was just wondering whether or not, like, I had, I, I know what the movie's going to be about, and because how much resonated, how much it resonated with Turning Red. I did have a moment of thinking whether or not that I should take my nine year old with me, but then I was glad that I yeah. didn't because I know of that it's part so that violent. was quite inappropriate, and I have no oh, idea. Oh yeah, the sex toys. I don't know how to explain the, it to her. The dildos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I found actually um, some parts quite violent. Yes, like Kill Bill violent, and I was like. Yeah. I don't know how much I can take of this, but it actually didn't get to too bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, it didn't get to yeah. too bad. So Because it yeah. uses, like, several violent scenes to be stylized as a comedy yeah, yeah, where yeah. they blew yeah. up the hair and they had confettis flying out. Yeah, that was really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, I think it's like a combination of Kill Bill, The Matrix... And, and Eternal Sunshine. Oh, yeah, Eternal Sunshine, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does Those have three that films, vibe. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. And a bit of, like, farewell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, so that's it from us. Anything else? Yep, that's it. Okay. I think um, I have had um, my emotional um, burden offloaded today. Amazing. I'm going to go and have some lunch now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the end of our episode remember to subscribe to our podcast on spotify google and apple remember to give us a five star rating if you would like us to support what we do here at asian bitches down under head to our buy me coffee page to make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry please follow us on instagram at asian.bitches.under.com Oh, sorry. I have to start that again. At asiansbitches.down.under for updates and share with your fellow podcast lovers. Uh, so we'll chat to you next time. Stay safe, everyone. And don't forget, guys, go see the movie. Yes, go and see the movie. You know, it's got the highest rating on Rotten Tomato at 96%. Ever. Yeah, apparently yeah, it's ever. ever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So fucking hell, we're doing better than this Asian podcast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> My son says, yeah, my kid says that Michelle Yeoh is going to be up for an Oscar next year for this. For this? For sure. Yeah, that's why my kid said. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think she deserves it better than much Oscar. more than that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, I fucking, the Oscars is a joke. That's right. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know people say that. But also it's like the white gays. Yeah, I know. Oscar, I know. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, white people approve of you. See, I there's that. a complexity in that again. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, we'll talk to you next week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.